Hello and welcome once again back to Marketing Anders with Sally and Sam. And now it's part two for our podcast. Anyway, I'll be quiet and I'll let you carry on and listen to our conversation. Enjoy. To be honest, sometimes the About Us page doesn't need to tell you that much about us. It just needs to say, um, you know, Sally works here and she too believes it believes that um, the, the all handbags should be made of... Uh, the best quality leather. She only uses, she only wears the best quality leather shoes herself and has been known to change a handbag because it wasn't good, because the leather fell apart or whatever, whatever the reason is. Just put some examples like that is. And it's, but it's that honesty is quite hard to find. And, you know, you, I mean, you often read websites that have obviously been re- written by a copywriter. And you can completely notice it's been written by a copywriter, and that's inauthentic. That's when that's where authentic, authenticity starts get going wrong. When you just go, oh, but we've got to put these buzz, these keywords in here, and we've got to make the Sally look fun and enthusiastic. And that's not Sally. That's Sally. This copywriter's impression of Sally, and she's only ever spoken to me once on the phone, and it's just not happening. And it, that often is where people fall down or they just think, oh, or they don't put the customer first. They don't think about what the customer might want to actually buy off Sally. You know, is Sally, you know, if you, if you go on about how much I like elephants and cream tea and on a Saturday afternoon, that's the most important thing in my life. Actually, and and what does, what, what does she know about leather handbags? What, what's all this about? You know, so you've got to get the bias right. Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? I suppose you're saying it's sort of that, yeah, establishing uh, how how does um, the the things you're saying about this person tie in with the thing why they work there almost, yeah, that's and much why more succinct way of putting it, yeah, yeah, sort of like why do they work there? Why is that important to you? Yeah. you know, because because she's obsessed with quality. You know, any uh, anything that Sally does is quality. And, you know, she doesn't care about cost too much. That's why they're very expensive. But, OK. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. You know, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's that sort of thing. Or, or if she's like, no, she, you know, she's really concerned about, um, you know, affordability. And, and she's always looking for a bargain. Our handbags are very well reasonably priced. And that's our thing. I mean, I suppose, so as you say, it's sort of, and, and I, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, it, it really is one way of the, you're looking at the messaging, the authenticity of what you're saying and the relationships you're trying to build and the marketing end. I'm sort of drawing out here my hands, everyone, who won't be able to see me necessarily, but I'm sort of saying out behind that, the longer tail going right the way back to the sourcing of the materials and the financing of the company. If you really want to be genuinely authentic, it's trying to represent what it is you do behind the scenes, of course, to say this is how it's all set up. You know, the whole thing has been set up not with just one single focus, but there is a. It goes back to the why, doesn't it? Really, so why does this company exist? And if yeah. you can get that all aligned, yeah, uh, strategic alignment of an organisation, which Absolutely. there's lots of stuff out there about, um, then it, the marketer's job is so much more e- is so much easier, isn't it? Because you're just saying, well, all I'm doing is telling the story well about what it is we do and why we do it. Um, Absolutely, but that's and that's tricky. Yeah, it is. Well, well, it gets trickier and trickier the bigger the company becomes. Particularly those companies, if you've got multiple brands, that's that can be extremely tricky because they don't clash is the wrong word, but they don't necessarily all tell the same story. Because you might have you might have focused started your business with just one brand and then realise that, well, actually, this doesn't quite suit that audience 
that audience. So we're going to have to create a different brand for that audience because we want to dominate the market. But at the same time, then those two brands are slightly different, telling a slightly different story. Which story do we prefer? Is it that this story is wrong or is it that these audience need a different message? It gets the bigger businesses become, the more difficult it is to do exactly what you've described and trace the brand back to the why. It gets really hard. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. And the trouble is you kind of get, since we're beginning We've got a little while, but yeah, but we're going to get to the end. The other thing about authenticity is that we all sit there looking at our budgets very hard and it's really, really hard to measure. So what value do you give to authenticity? So I'm being fabulously authentic, but because we're being so fabulously authentic, that's going to alienate a little bit of our audience. So we're going to lose sales. Are you that authentic? Is that how far you go? Uh, or is is it just too difficult to measure so we'll just have to hope it's all fine and just people seem to be happy? Is that good enough? Or are you going to have to up your marketing budget to be authentic and do this properly? And is the bottom line prepared to tolerate that? So it gets, how do you measure it is really a, a really interesting question. Oh, it really is, isn't it? And I suppose that's where the, the real strategic... An operational side come in, don't they? Where you have to really work with all the areas of the business, all the man- the leadership of the business. So that's where real leadership comes in, as, for, as far as I'm concerned, around the okay. So st- st- strategic, strategy-wise, the next three years projections of where we're going to be with our, you know, our our market share and, and what we want to achieve as a company, as an organisation is affected by this thing, which is what we picked up. I mean, because that could start. I mean, I was just thinking about the sort of um, ESG things and, you know, sustainability again, the, the idea that, you know, almost overnight, I mean, like we've seen with the whole current, you know, um, Eastern European crisis and um, fuel crisis, things like that, you might have to change things. I mean, on the sustainability side of things, so say plastic straws a few years ago, if you were a chain that, uh, or you produced drinks and you yeah. had plastic straws in all your drinks, that's a major change because that's important all of a sudden to your consumers. Yeah. Um, it's much cheaper to produce the plastic straws, but from a authenticity point of view, because your company says we care about the world of tomorrow and sustainability, you've got to, you've got to change that. And as yeah. you say, the return on investment, perhaps it's just the protection of your market share or does it give you opportunity to get more market share from the Absolutely. guys who haven't pivoted and changed plastic yep. straw production? Um, but that's the sort of understanding and the projections, isn't it? And the it's the big changes you're making in the business and then understanding what that means to the market. And therefore, you know, yes, it costs more perhaps, but does it mean you can increase your price as well? So yeah, it's that's all exactly that right. big strategy, isn't it? You have to work out. Yeah, do you need to, I mean, is it that, authenticity only goes as far as you can press the price point as you can push the price price point so that if you say actually uh all our products now are going to use absolutely nothing with has any kind of let's say anything produced using any kind of um fossil fuel produced energy that's going to be really hard to track down backwards through the whole line of where does everything you produce come from. And if you are going to do that, I suspect your prices are going to go up considerably. And how much does is your is, are your customers prepared to be that? They might say, oh, yes, we only buy from authentic companies. But do you actually? 
that's the thing, isn't it? And I suppose it's it's how ardent, how, how earnest you are with that, isn't it? Sort of if you say, if you could yeah. almost not not with weasel words necessarily, but if you could sort of say, um, we always endeavour to deliver, dum 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 dum. As long as again that I suppose everything else you're doing, it's almost the sort of the all the elements of the relationship that you have with your market on a particular product is sort of again what what are the drivers that make them think yes I trust these guys to do this and what's important to me why I buy from you and not the competitor is this is it price is it as you say is it actually it's all about sustainability therefore if you had one thing that went wrong then everything's chucked out the window it almost reminds me of a political sort of analogy uh, like with um obviously in the uk the liberal democrats with um student fees yeah a number of years ago in terms That's of brands really yeah. i mean let's look at let's look at without getting too political but a, a, yep. let's say a political party in power at the moment who who perhaps have done something i mean let's face it all political parties have, have made promises and broken them um and sometimes they've admitted them rarely yep. but if it's one particular um for one constituency literally well not literally one constituency one demographic yeah. of the population who perhaps you really had a good connection with and identified with and you know um you, you then had to change or you know you had to go back on a promise you'd made and that's one out of so many different promises um, uh -huh. about hanging around the country and it's 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 toxified a brand should we say a political brand for years you know this is yep. now over a decade yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah, um, yeah and it's still there and it's yeah, so it's they just, don't trust it's, you now yeah exactly and so it's almost sort of um, i mean to veer quickly away from politics i suppose it's in terms of relationships what matters isn't it is it it's just that is it one aspect is it multiple aspects and what does that mean in a commercial sense to yeah. your business how are you also, as you say, return investment, how are you aware of these things? As we said right at the beginning, are you aware of of what yeah. that an authentic relationship actually means in terms of what you do and what your customers expect of you? Because if you don't know, you could get a shock at some That's stage. That's really, presumably. really interesting. It would be really interesting to do a kind of... Um, actually plot it out. This is what an authentic relationship between us and the customer looks like. So have a producer kind of, this is what a trusting customer avatar. So what does it, you know, what do they look like? What does a customer trusting, what's a trusting customer look like? That would be, yeah, that would be really interesting. And how much, how much more are we prepared to pay or take off our bottom line to get more of these? Yeah, exactly. And, and then having that, it makes me think about, you know, the abilities of people who, who can do agencies and research and, and projections. And get, you'd probably get some specialists in, wouldn't you, beyond your existing marketing team to say, yeah, we can understand where that constituency people are and what it's worth and then work a plan of how to get to them. Yeah. Uh, but as you say, it could be also the, I suppose the initially the assessment of how do we protect this this uh, area of the market the relationship we have with people if there is a high return returning customer rate for example um yeah, yeah what does it matter what what really matters to them and i suppose that's good old-fashioned just knowing your your customer isn't it knowing the people um but what which are the points that as you say that, that matter the most because it could be one very small thing one very small aspect of the product or the service or your promise your ethos um that that is actually the crucial element couldn't it and then and then that's a really good point is it all of you that is it is it kind of a whole holistic you know i trust this company like this or is it just i trust this brand which i don't even know what I mean, unilever is really interesting because unilever now i think owns e-cover now 
Ah, yeah. Uh, but they also do a lot of things that are deeply not green. So do, do should I, tr- is it just the brand I'm trusting or is it the company that produces that brand that I'm trusting? So where does this authenticity go? What does yeah. it look like? Well, that's th- it's interesting, isn't it? Because someone like Unilever as well, I mean, I... Usually when I've, because um, I always seem to, I, I don't know, I seem to finish my dinner or my meals quite quickly uh, with the kids around the table. And my son in particular is very slow to finish his meals. So quite often if we've got a bottle of something on the table, I'll uh, I'll sort of just, you know, pick it up and have a look and, you know, oh, to see where was this made? What, 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 who, who did this and everything? And I still find it funny when you see certain things, you go, oh, I didn't know that was owned by so-and-so, who also is a conglomerate who owns this. And it's interesting because I suppose when campaigns come along, and you say, you know, a lot of the time you're not aware of which conglomerate actually owns your bottle of favourite sauce. And, and you go, well, I just like the sauce because I like the flavour. And I've always liked the flavour. And I don't really care who produces it. I just like buying the sauce. And it's a reasonable price. It's not ridiculous. There we go. But then if you were to hear that there's a big campaign saying, well, do you know the conglomerate who produces this has an awful palm oil, um, you know, thing going on and exploits workers and this is awful, that's awful. You might think twice and go, oh, well, I do like that sauce, but that's really not good is it that that something needs to change there um but it's as you say but that they can have you know so many different brands that with your expectations the nature of relationship with my little bottle of sauce here with with something else uh which is in another country to another consumer base is totally different so it's um when it's on that scale that's exactly. um, and it's quite rare that people actually tell the company why they're not buying it so that you haven't really got any way to measure what are they not buying it because they've found they, they've just got off the flavor Have they not buying it because they found that competitors nicer Have they found is there a new competitor is there is it because we put the price up or is it because they've actually found that we're a completely unethical company all of a sudden you don't it's all very well to look at the bottom line and think oh well our prices our, our revenue stream has gone why what's happened here people don't often go oh well that might be because we're we're exploiting orangutans in borneo by chopping down their com- their com- that's very rare that that happens you don't look at the price drop and go oh that's that'll be because of the orangutan killing yeah exa- exactly yeah that's that's the thing isn't it and it's sort of i suppose really in many ways it's that um you know ongoing assessment reassessment understanding of 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 what it is you know because there, there will almost always be some sort of curveball anyway won't there which you know, may or may not massively impact you um uh and and it's i mean it's all again all the factors isn't it i suppose you know product price place etc and people it's it's the that there's going to be something i mean if i if we go out to the handbag example because i always like coming down to that small scale and finish then it off with a handbag example that makes us both always got to go to the handbag example it's like you know if we're there and bought on the water with our, our pop-up shop and then we find out that uh, we've been doing that merrily for the last two years and then all of a sudden some big london fashion house comes in and relaunches a new cotswold line of handbags which are i don't know just cheaper there's more variety um yeah. they're really Better well colors. publicized they come yeah. in and set up their shop it's a really nice shop with a little coffee bar at the front and the buying experience is just better because they have more leverage they have more resources they've got more um, members of staff yeah, yeah more members of staff they've got an online you know um app. they've got an app you can do where you can compare the colors with your outfits and they can do this and that and it's all really fantastic and glitzy because they've spent you know three million quid on it and we're going well we have a maximum of you know 
300 grand to spend on everything we do. <laughs> everything, um, yeah. You've been, you've been outbid there, haven't you? But I mean, but then again, I suppose in that scenario, do you go, well, we do we try and match the big boys? We, if we can't, then what do we do? Do we go back to what makes us us? And at the end of the day as well, no brand, no product, no service has a, a universal right to exist and to be successful, of course. I mean, it, it, sometimes these forces just push you out of business, don't they? Yeah, and so we have to admit right. that. And you have to be careful about... Um, slagging off your competition because it might be very tempting to for us us little handbag shops saying oh well they've come in but look they kill orangutans to get their their leather you know beautifully made in or they they use slave workers in india to make their leather so soft that's not terribly authentic it's a bit bitchy and ridiculous slightly when it comes down to it you begin to make yourself look stupid so marketers have to be careful about how far they push that button yeah, exactly. I mean, so it's focusing on what makes you trustworthy and and different, uh, as opposed to hey, look at them, they're rubbish. We're better, you know. That because again, in, in terms of inauthenticity, you you do start to lose that veneer, don't you? Really. Or so it's that's important. But oh well, we've kind of oh heavens, we covered a lot. Gone around. I think we've managed to get around that. There's again, as ever, there's lots of um, offshoots to this, and I suppose around you know we've said around. Just, you know sustainability and importance that consumers attach to that these days and you know uh the about us how we communicate who works in the company the culture of the company uh, the planning projecting of market share all those things as well which which are fascinating um but yes i think in terms of that article in terms of what it popped yeah. up in our yeah, minds hopefully we've got us <laughs> talking eh <laughs> yeah got over it but as ever we'd love to know what you guys think as well i mean yep. how, how important is authenticity or do you just think it's a sort of rubbish and go no well authentic authenticity it's all just jargon and i don't care but there is going to be something there there's going to be a grain of a relationship there isn't there which which is important so you may call it something different or you may never That's mention it at all yeah, but there must be there. I think. Yeah, I think that's what I challenge back to somebody. But yeah, that's feel really free to challenge What us. is your truth? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the whole thing about what's what are the important factors in your relationship with all the segments of your audience? Do, have you mapped that? Do you understand that? Um, and you know, how do you monitor that developing? You know, that would be really interesting for people to consider. I think. Um, oh, so much more to talk about. Oh, so much more, so much more. And we will be back to talk about more of it as well very, we very will. soon, and uh, which will be great. And uh, yes, if, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can find us at Meander's Pod, which is on Twitter, meanderspod at gmail.com, and then on Facebook. And obviously, you can find the pod itself, the podcast itself, at yep. Meander's, Martin Meander's with Sammy and Sam. Please share it as well with others who are interested because we'd love Good to point. have yep. more of them contributing. And um, yes, let's just know what's going on. But uh, yeah. thank you very much for listening. Great to talk to you. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Yep. Bye for now. Bye.